Welcome to the Apex Vaulting Podcast. Uh, it's another episode. Um, so pumped to do this one. Before I get started, just a couple things. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe. Uh, I would love that. And if you leave a comment, that, that would help us out a lot. Um, also, we have a YouTube channel. I have all my tutorial videos on there. Um, check them out. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you want, if you're on Instagram, follow us on, on, at the real Apex Vaulting. And we're also on Facebook, Snapchat. Um, Twitter and TikTok. So uh, check us out. Um, also, if you're looking for a great deal on polls, please contact us. Um, just shoot me an email at apexvaulting at gmail.com. Um, I've teamed up with uh, UCS and we're we're doing bundles of polls, uh, five polls or more, uh, where you can save hundreds of dollars. So hit me up. Let me know if there's any way I can help you. Um, without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest. This is so crazy. Uh, this is why I love social media so much. Uh, I just I opened up my DMs one day and a former vaulter of mine, uh, Ahmed, DMs me and reminds me of like uh, this one funny thing. Like um, back when he was jumping, uh, we'd always constantly be doing like Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions and stuff like that. And so it was hysterical. And uh, we we're joking about that. I'm like, dude, you should come in. We should do the podcast. So um, I, I'm at. I guess like, why don't you let everybody know how did how did you get into pole vaulting? How did you end up at the club? Like you were kind of telling me a little bit about it before. And it's a funny story because I, I don't know. It resonates with me because uh, myself, I'm an immigrant as well. And it, it's so funny the way you, you were telling the story. So um, basically, when I first entered high school, I wanted to uh, I wanted to make myself a little bit more known because I knew I was always just that quiet kid that really didn't do much. So I thought, why not track and field? Because I always loved running. Well, so let me let me before you continue. So what? Wh- why are you a quiet kid? I mean, let, let's deep uh, go deep into this. Like. I know being an immigrant, like, I always feel like, you know, your parents were always on you, like, you gotta do well in school, you gotta work hard. Dude, I always joke, I, I joke with kids at the club, I'm like, dude, you guys have no idea. I go, one time I got in trouble because I was doing homework on my steps with a couple friends instead of being inside the house doing my homework. I'm like, that's what I got in trouble for. So if I did anything really bad, I would have been like, killed, murdered, done, like, no more Bronco, like, you know? <laughs> so, go into that a little bit I more. I don't think my parents were that crazy, but, uh... <laughs> So you were a little bit luckier than yeah, <laughs> I guess so uh, my dad has always been like this this uh, hardcore you know uh, school guy you know so he never believed in the word fun right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah yeah fun doesn't exist like what I don't understand go clean something or cut the lawn no no it wasn't even <laughs> cleaned like even till this day my dad will walk into my room he's like you're on YouTube <laughs> why aren't you studying <laughs> right. and it's like in the middle of the summer I'm like are you kidding there's no school he's like there's always something to study on <laughs> It's just really weird, right? So, like, um, as a kid, I always wanted to do, uh, like, a lot of, like, fun things. My mom didn't believe I should be that kid that's always studying and okay. uh, always So, mom something. was the one that was, like, wanting you to have a little bit of fun. Yeah, yeah so yeah. my mom always got me into sports, you know, and uh, little by little, she started regretting a little bit of that. <laughs> uh, because I, always became, I, I was always that aggressive uh, athlete. So, mm-hmm. in soccer, you know, I'd run around and I would push kids to get the ball you know yeah course, yeah, you know, yeah yeah. i'd even get myself hurt and she used to tell me you're a hazard to yourself because yeah, no yeah. matter what you're doing even if it's something innocent you're always getting hurt and it's all because of <laughs> she blames it on the sports <laughs> my dad tried teaching me um multiplication super super early and i can almost okay. do multiplication uh in my head sometimes very yeah, early yeah. and uh, he was teaching me my times tables uh like 
like way too early, like I think first, second grade, and my teacher would be like 100% satisfied with the fact that I can do math, but my reading just sucked. Um, yeah. But besides that, you know, he would really get me into math and science as yeah, quickly yeah. as possible. He'd tell me as I'm growing up, you're going to become a doctor like me. You're, okay. you're, 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 you are a doctor. You're going to take all the biology courses. Yeah, yeah. He hated it. Um, <laughs> and then my mom was like, oh, you know, give him a break. You know, she sent me. Time out. So now what's your major? <laughs> CIT. So what, What's CIT? Uh, computer Information and Systems. So, so not a doctor. Not a doctor. Ah, oh, dad must be pissed. <laughs> I actually sat him down in high school and I was like, listen, I'm not going to be a doctor. <laughs> and he's like, what are you going to be? I'm like. I want to be a computer scientist. He's like, I guess I can deal with that. Okay. (laughs) And he goes back on CNN and he's like watching all his news. (laughs) But uh, I I realized that too because I I took AP Bio because of him. And then the difference between AP Bio and Bio is like crazy because you you go from this, uh, oh, I got a B plus in Bio to I literally just failed AP Bio. I actually dropped out of the class. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I can't do this. Well, it's it's interesting. So you know, and and I promise to everybody, let's see where it gets pulled soon. But you know, it you might try things and not necessarily have that extreme talent for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And especially when you're thinking about a job or career, you know, um, it's tough. You got to make sure you have that talent. Otherwise, it's going to be a tough, tough road. And and you're not going to be happy. Um, that's why sometimes like too, it's like, you know, I, I feel like I, I talk about both extremes kind of like, look, like I think if you're pole vaulting cause you're trying to go to the Olympics or whatever, go pro, it's like, you gotta, you gotta train hard. You gotta be gung ho. You gotta work hard and you gotta make sure that you have enough talent. Now on the flip side, I think pole vaulting is like a fun activity that's exciting. It's fun. There's so much technique. It's always like a puzzle to solve like the, the technical and physical, uh, uh, problems, you know? Sure. And, uh, so, and I think it can be fun for everybody. But yeah, like trying to figure out what you want to do, you know, as a kid, it's, it, it's amazing to hear that you kind of figured this stuff out kind of so early because some people, I mean, some people are like in their late twenties, still don't know what they want to do. Well, and you knew in high school. Yeah, well, I mean, I had I had my dad always on my ass, right? So, uh, and he's still on my ass even today, and I'm I'm tw- I'm 23. So, yeah. but like, I always caught myself falling asleep in classes I didn't like, especially, mm-hmm. and like that, I, and I still see that now. If I'm in a science class that you know it just doesn't resonate with me, I fall asleep, yeah. and then I go up to the teacher and I'm like, I- I'm so sorry, she, I didn't mean to fall asleep. It's just that your class is so boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I said that as a joke one time to a teacher. I didn't well, do so good in that class. Well, so, so I'll bring this up and then, and then we'll go to the pole vault. But like, it's kind of, I was having a conversation with a school administrator the other day at a meet and we were talking. And I said, you know, I would love to personally do some talks at schools, like during the in services for the teachers, uh, because, I, you know, I'm still teaching. Like, uh, you know, I started out as an English teacher. I now just teach pole vaulting full time, you know? And I think the thing is, if more teachers thought about their classroom as a business, like you have to keep clients, you have to keep your clients happy. I mean, you need both ends. I mean, we all know the teachers that are easy and everybody likes them because they're easy, but you're not going to get the results you need. Like you're not going to pass the AP exam. So you need to be able to get kids to do well and get results. But if more teachers are like, Hey, I got to keep these, these kids engaged. I got to do a good job of teaching them and make them want to come back for more. Like I, I was even, when I was teaching English, I mean, people would be shocked. I would see teachers like passing my room after school and they'd be shocked. They see like 15 kids in there and I'm going over more about how to write essays and how to write a good thesis statement. And, and it was like, engaged. yeah. And they're engaged. And they're like, what is this guy? Like, 
he must be giving them candy or something. Like, what? there's no way they want to do this more. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it really does. Uh, it really does matter about how you engage, not as only like an instructor, but also how you're teaching. Yeah. Because I've dealt with teachers that like they just sit there and they lecture, and I literally had one professor teaching me algebra, and I I swear to God, I didn't learn anything because mm-hmm. all he would do is stare at one corner of the wall. And uh, just talk and talk and talk and talk. And now I have this statistics teacher. He's like, he's he's making everybody involved. If you're not paying attention, he'll put you into the problem. He'll create a problem. And then you have to solve the problem. Like, that's right. real teaching. Yeah, right? he's engaging so, you. So it's like he's including you into the what what has to be solved. And I'm sure he's probably, like, all over the classroom, right? Like, oh, yeah. moving around. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you just stand up there look at one spot, you know, it's crazy. So, okay, so... We get a little bit of background. People know where you're coming from. So you want to get more involved with something outside the classroom. Why in the world, especially when your mom was worried about you playing soccer, why did you choose pole vault? And how did your mom react to that? Well, I kept switching between <laughs> sports because I got bored eventually. Yeah. Uh, so I played soccer when I was younger. I did that for five years. And then I tried baseball. But then I got hit in the face with an actual baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the hospital. I thought I broke my jaw. Oh, my goodness. Um, and uh, when I got into high school, I was like, let me just do something I'm really good at, and that's sports, right? Because, like, no one cares if you can do multiplications in your head. No one cares if you know, you know, chemistry or biology yeah, or whatever. Yeah. That's not how you make friends, right? right? That's how you get people to give you their homeworks and you get money for it, right. and, uh, which uh, I used to actually help everybody in my class, in my math class especially. Yeah, I do yeah, all the yeah. homework in class, send out copies, and then, like... I, that's how I made right. So you're so you're looking for friends for friends through and sports a, and through okay. sports. So I tried track and field, and uh, I was always this uh, skinny, linky kid, and uh, I was surprisingly fast, you mm-hmm. know. And I always and I, I I made my I tried like Have you ever seen One Punch Man? No, what it's is an that? anime. It's just like some stupid anime where this guy he trained himself to be like the 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 best hero ever, and now okay. he's just way too strong and he okay. destroys everybody in one punch. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure some of your viewers already know, uh, but like that's kind of my mind state when I entered high school. I was like, I'm gonna join the track field. I ran the mile every day in high school in the mm-hmm. gym. Right, even yeah. my gym teacher was like, Why are you running? You don't have to. We're not grading you on it. I was like, I right. just want to run because I want to run. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then tryouts came out for 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 uh, track, and I was okay. like, This is my moment right i'm gonna do this and uh my, my coach coach banta actually uh he he saw that i had a lot of endurance that I had a lot of speed right and what i wanted to do is i wanted to put a little bit of twist on it. i wanted to do hurdles i sucked at hurdles i was jumping <laughs> way too high i was losing time yeah you were like jump, jumping over them right? instead of hurdling them yeah yeah and he looked at me he's like you want to do pole vault and i'm like what and then he just points at the mat where all the kids are jumping like 10, yeah, yeah, 50, yeah. like 10 feet. And I'm like, uh, you want me to do that? And he's like, yeah. I was like, but I'm not strong enough to pick myself up like that. He's like, you'll be fine. And he just threw me in there. He is like, it's either that or you're off the track team. I was like, oh my goodness. No way. Okay. All right. So I went in there and they run me through the, the steps. And within a day, I actually cleared their starting height of eight feet. Yeah. And he was like, well, you're a natural. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I got over my, my fear of heights. Yeah, yeah. and that was pretty fun and then uh, I fell in love with it so then I started practicing 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 and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the guys that were there were the ones that were coaching me because we technically didn't have a coach right yeah which I mean on the podcast I've discussed this sometimes and, and obviously I feel like I talk about it all the time I mean that that's the one thing with pole vault is like 
it's like there's not enough coaches out there. You know what I mean? A lot of people are just kind of jumping on their own. And, you know, like we were talking about before the podcast, that's kind of why I started doing this podcast to put more information out there. That's why I do the YouTube channel to put more information out there. And hopefully it helps a couple kids, you know, get better and have more success and fun with the sport, you know? Exactly. Um, because there, it is a lot of like just the seniors teaching the younger ones, you know? It and it's like... How much does a senior know? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and actually, our school record has always been twelve feet since like nineteen. Like, if you look at the at the, at the records, yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. been twelve feet. And my my goal was like, I'm gonna beat that. I'm gonna hit twelve six. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, in this case, like, my coach was the long distance coach, and right. he, uh, and he was the coach. Uh, he was Coach Hompson, right? Mm -hmm. And his way of keeping his eye on me was keeping me on the track team, but also he threw me in the cross country team, which right. I, I also found love for that as well. Mm -hmm. And he was like, we're going to do this in order to build up your, your stamina and your endurance. That mm -hmm. way, when you're doing the pole vault, you can run faster, you can have a bigger jump, a bigger leap, and you can do better. Yeah. Now, right. so, side note, just because I, I want to be clear, I, I, would, I would like to be honest. You don't need it. You don't need to be running cross country to be a pole vaulter. You know, I, I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. You know, I think... I think, look, like back in the day, if we're talking about 20, 30, 40 years ago, sure, you just wanted an athlete to stay in a sport all year round. So fine, do cross country. But we know better now. You know, it's like pole vaulters should be doing explosive things like short sprints and heavy lifts and stuff like that. But like your coach said, he probably just wanted to make sure you stayed on the team and you didn't like drop off the face of the earth. So. I think what they really wanted was for us to just stay in shape. Because yeah, they know, yeah. like, these college kids, you know, they're not doing any other sport. No, not college kids. High school, uh, the high school kids, kids yeah. are not doing any sports. They're just right, sitting on the couch yeah, playing yeah, video yeah, games. Yeah. And no, I liked it. I know. And I, and I think in, like, a general way, right, like, it makes sense. Like, just stay in shape. You know what yeah. I mean? But, yeah. So, anyway, so continue. So, uh, you know, as the season goes on, I'm jumping, like, eight, eight and a half and and barely nine feet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm competitive with myself and especially with some of my teammates. I'm always asking yeah, them yeah. for tips, you know, and actually, uh, you know, w uh, some of the other coaches would actually help us, you know, yeah. like, hey, you know, take take half a step back, take a step back, maybe hold a little bit higher. You did really good on that jump, be a yeah. little bit more vertical, you know. Um, and I kind of like that because we didn't really have a coach and we had other people helping us and it, right. it was, it was, it wasn't so bad. Uh, and then actually one coach, and this was during my freshman year, she was like, you, you, you seem really into this. And I'm like, well, of course. I mean, it's like my main event, you know, besides yeah, yeah. this, the one mile and the two mile. Yeah, yeah. Right. And she's like, hmm, there's a pretty cool place in Oakland, you know, <laughs> a guy named Bronco. He, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he, he, he has this, his own place. It's called Apex Vaulting. And, uh, I shit you not, that same night I looked it up and I was asking my mom, I was like, yo, you didn't get me a birthday present. All right, and this is your time to shine. I I, I want to get some classes over here and learn how to mm -hmm. pole vault better for yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, how much is it? My mom didn't even know what pole vault was at the time. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, so uh, I was like, it's five hundred bucks. And she's like, five hundred bucks. I was like, yeah, it's five hundred bucks. She's like, she's like, ah, that's too much, man. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure you want this? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, well, we we were just talking about it before, especially you know I you know I also I'm an immigrant and and a lot of times parents like they're tight, you know they're always trying to save money, make sure we got enough, and it's like something like pole vaulting. It's like I, I joke with my mom all the time. I'm like, mom, you would have never got me lessons if there was a pole vaulting club. She's like, yes, of course I would have, and I'm like, okay, not really, but yeah, it's t it's tough. So, but the thing is, like, you know what? You wanted it bad enough, you know what I mean, and. 
I pulled you're working hard. <laughs> hey, and you're working hard. Parents want want to see their kids happy. You know what I mean? If you're working hard and it's something good, it's going to help you. You know what I mean? So so she decided to pay for it, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we got to the facility and she saw it was a whole sports thing. She didn't know what it was. Right, right, right. Uh, and then uh, you came in and you showed us around. And yeah, she, yeah. I guess one of the guys were jumping mm-hmm. and she was like, that's what you want to do? And she pulled me aside. She was like, she's like, how dangerous is this? And I'm like, it's, it's, it's not that dangerous. <laughs> Wait, so, so l- let me just talk openly about this. I mean, that's the thing that's crazy. I mean, pole vaulting does have risk. You know, there, there are dangers. If you're not coached properly, if you land in the metal box, like uh, people have died pole vaulting. I mean, that's, that's the honest truth, you know? But the thing is, it, if you are coached properly, it can be very, very safe. And the thing is, unlike a lot of other sports, like if you think about something like football, you know, you're not getting, you know, hit in the head all the time. You're not, you know what I mean? It's not dangerous in that realm. It's not a contact sport. You know what I mean? So in a lot of ways, it it could be very, very safe if done properly. And that, that's kind of the need for coaching and stuff. So, so how, so how did you convince your mom to let you do it then? I kept asking her and then she's like, okay, I'm going to come to one of your meets. Okay. She came to one of my meets and I guess I was uh, a little too excited. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, when I jumped onto the pole, I, I cleared the weight, but the way I pushed myself wasn't exactly right. And I, I landed towards the side of the mat and had mm-hmm. my body hit the mat. And then I kind of rolled onto the ground Yeah. and yeah, I stand up. I'm like, I'm okay. My friends are like, yeah, right. Yeah. And then my mom is like, well, what did I just sign up for? <laughs> right. So right, right. it was, uh, it was all that stuff. And then I just continued doing the, uh, the, uh, the meets over here, uh, towards the summer when, uh, we, we were finishing up with high school mm-hmm. and, uh, and my mom was trying to convince me not to keep going because it was time for Ramadan and she wanted me to fast. And she was like, you can't be working out and doing all these right, like, extra right. activities while fasting. And, uh, even you pulled me aside and it was like, Hey, you don't have to do this. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep your sessions until later on until after Ramadan. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, being the stubborn athlete that I am, the way that I've always been training is like, you just keep pushing yourself until you can't move anymore. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I'm okay. I'm going to keep going. Right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you supported me. And that was, that, that was the thing that I liked the most that you, you didn't really like bench me because of this and that, you know, you, right. you treated me like the rest of the people and, and, uh, basically allowing me to continue pa- uh, passionately jumping because yeah, yeah. it kind of opened up a whole new world for me because uh, as soon as I got up in the air and I was falling, I would get like butterflies all over my body. Mm-hmm. And the second I land on the mat, I'd feel relieved. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was just the most amazing feeling in the world. Yeah. Uh, and shit, you know, I'll never ever feel anything like that again unless I continue jumping. So, yeah. And it was just amazing. You got me from barely jumping nine feet to I believe eleven or eleven six, and then I managed to jump up to uh, twelve feet as a PR on my own with using some of the your same techniques mm-hmm. uh, that I basically like BS. You know, I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. take a half step back. You know, and hopefully this works. Well, yeah, you learn the system, and and you know, but you know what's so amazing? It's like listening to you talk and, and listening to you explain how much fun you had pole vaulting. Literally, the podcast before this, um, I had a podcast with Bubba Sparks. He's been pole vaulting for 55 years. Wow. This guy jumped 18, you know, in, in the seventies and, you know, now still jumping as a masters. And, um, you know, it is, it's such an amazing, thrilling sport. It offers something that a lot of other sports can't. I mean, you're flying through the air. There's, yeah. you know what I mean? Nothing like it's, it. It's just that adrenaline that you can't get 
anywhere else. I think the closest way I can get to that is probably like skydiving, but yeah. I'll never, I'll never well, do that. That's probably like a little, that's a few notches up, I think, you know, and, and, and I think it's a little bit, a uh, little bit tougher to get access to that. You got to get in a plane and find a plane that'll let you jump out of it. And so. then there's only, there's only a, a small percentage that <laughs> is still likely to happen that your parachute, both your parachutes won't. Oh my goodness. I can't, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. But yeah, so I, you know, it, it is, it's, it's, it's a blast pole vaulting and, one, I mean, I'm I'm so glad that you you had a great experience. I'm so glad also your mom let you do it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because that's that that's the thing too. Is like I feel like a big step is always convincing mom. You know what I mean? If she if she's not happy, you're not going to be able to do it. You yeah. Know? Now now it's like now, now now when I talk to her about like some of the things that that I do, she's like because now what she's worried about that I'm that because I start since I started doing uh, heavy lifting mm-hmm. that she's afraid that I'm just gonna like break something in the mid in, the, in like mid uh, right, right, mid right. lifts or whatever right, and she yeah, sees yeah. some of these videos she's like oh, this is what you're doing I'm like yeah and I even posted a couple of things and actually I was benching like 275 yesterday mm-hmm. I did, I yeah, did a yeah. PR and uh, my mom was like yeah, this is heavy <laughs> You're like I know, you're like, <laughs> I, know. I, I was holding it in my hands <laughs> she's, like, she's like what if it fell on you I'm like there was a guy There's like, a spot, like what right? if he doesn't yeah, catch yeah. it on time i was like ma I, I think i know what i'm doing she's like i just don't think you should be doing anything like this is yeah. too extreme it's not like you're you're one of those people that are competing i'm like yeah but it's it's nice to know that you can do like these things you know? so so you know what's interesting because I, I feel like it's also you know uh being an immigrant i feel like there's a lot of that mentality like my parents are always like very anti like a lot of physical activity stuff because like, oh, you, you don't want to like mess up your knee. You don't want to mess up your back and whatever. And I always tell people like, I think you're going to be on one end of the extremes. Right. You're either going to be that person that you are training, you are pushing your body and sure you're going to get a usage injury, right? Like maybe, you know, you're benching too much and you hurt your shoulder or whatever. Um, or you could be in the other end of the extreme. You don't do anything ever. And you literally just slowly lose muscle mass as you age and then you can't move. So it's like, I'm, and, and listen, I think it's a personal choice for everybody. Of course. On my personal choice, I'd rather blow up my shoulder benching than just sit on the couch and wither away. Which I've you know done what I mean? twice. Yeah. <laughs> right. And get back in the game. Yeah. But, but I mean, if you, look, if you look at my family history, right, um, on my mom's side, she, she had nine sisters, not even a brother, which is wow. kind of sad, right? <laughs> but they had like no athletic history. Right? right, so to my mom, this is foreign, but yeah, she knows that guys like doing it, right? right. Yeah, yeah. And on my dad's side, they played sports, but very, very little. And when right. they did, it was like real, like real sports. Like my dad, mm-hmm. you know, played rugby, right, right. Uh, in Syria when he was little, and he literally blew out some kid's shoulder. And he was like, ah, oh, well, that's the name of the game, you know. He's yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. either a man and he gets through it, or he doesn't. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. And then when my dad started entering high school and college, it was like, okay, now. You gotta put all the games aside. Right. Yeah. Forget the sports. Forget the the fun. Right. I'm going straight to school. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my dad did that, and he actually yeah, traveled the yeah. world uh, studying, and he he didn't really believe in fun. I mean, he went to France, right, for school, mm-hmm. and he 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 tells me that he swears that he was stuck in his dorm reading his medical book, like literally checking off everything, studying twenty four seven. All his friends would be outside and be like, "Hey, Femi, you know, come come with us." He's like, "No, I'm good." I'm going yeah, to study. Yeah. And I was like, that's, I, I feel like there's a lot of BS in there. 
<laughs> so you don't believe him? No, I don't believe him. <laughs> it's like you know, you know those memes that you that you see, and it's like, oh, my dad tell me how hard it is for him to get to school. Yeah, and yeah, it shows yeah, him yeah. like in the East Africa going to Asia on yeah, walking yeah, distance because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no such thing as cars. Right. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was his journey to school. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. It's like walking uphill both ways in ten feet of snow. It's like you know. Um, no, listen, I I get it. Uh, you know, I I do think that at some point you do have to almost go into extremes to then find the balance. You know what I mean? Because I know even for me, um, going full-time doing this business, I mean, talk about extremes. I mean, like, even this year, um, I think I've had one day off since New Year's at this point, which is normal. I think last year I had zero. <laughs> so I'm, I'm one, one day off better than last year. But like, um, it's just busy time of year. And so like, I'm constantly grinding. I'm going to meets. I'm coaching practices, trying to fit in time for these podcasts and stuff like that. You know, so it's like, I'm, I'm hustling, but it's like, that's why too, it's like, I know what that extreme work is like. So now I can find balance every once in a while and give myself some time. And I think that is important. I do think though, that's what's tough, like, uh, from my background, and it sounds like you have a similar background, in that sometimes parents don't get, like, why would you want to waste time pole vaulting? Why would you, oh, you my goodness. You could be working. Yeah, you could be working. Yeah, like, you, uh, oh, you, you want to work? You want to get a workout? Okay, clean something or yeah, go mow the lawn or go work construction on a side job. You know what I mean? It's like, they're, like, it's, like, always that's the mentality. But the thing is, you know... I, and I, I think you maybe you can express this from your point of view, but I find that things like pole vaulting, you learn so much about life through these journeys. You know what I mean? It's like for me as a coach, but even when I pole vaulted in high school and I did not jump very high, but like I know talking to a lot of my athletes, they've learned so much about failure, success, preparing, goal setting, learning to deal with, you know what? Sometimes you bust your ass and you don't achieve what you want. And how are you going to cope with that? You know, you learn all these things through through this this sport. And I think as an adult, right, like we were just talking about before the podcast, you're like, oh, like maybe I should just start jumping again. And it's like, sure, why not? You have a blast. It's fun. And listen, no matter how much you work, nobody's working 24-7. Nobody's at a job 24-7, right? Like everybody has a little bit of downtime. You know what I mean? And when you do have that downtime... You want to be able to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Of course. So, I mean, I think one of the things that my dad has actually built me up to do is become like a workaholic, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't, I like, it. I really don't have days off, right? Right. I sometimes go to the gym at like 12 and I come back at 2 a.m. And my dad's like, where the hell have you been? Right. Part, but like at a party. And I'm like, no, man, I was at the gym because yeah. I'm always busting my ass yeah. at school and work, right? So currently I have technically two jobs i have uh, a, a job in sales uh mm. and i have a internship for cit awesome uh, and i usually do those and this is while you're going to college full-time yeah right? so yeah. i'm basically working full-time between two jobs right and uh, I'm, it's hard to juggle things right and then on top of that when you're dating like i have a girlfriend and uh, yeah that's like that, that's that's, a, that's another that's full-time hard. job <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean and no, she's probably gonna listen she's gonna be like what the hell is he talking about <laughs> <laughs> No, but so, I mean, that, that, that is the tough thing. I think when you're busy, like I always tell people when I, when I went full time with, with the business, with the pole vaulting club, I lost a lot of friends. 
There are a lot of friends that didn't get, like, no, like, I'm not available right now. Of course, yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, thankfully for me, like, I have a very small friend group, right, where they, they understand the hustle. Right? Yeah, they, yeah. They, they see me day to day. They see how exhausted I am throughout the day, right? So, I mean, like, even, like, I get usually dur- during the week. Tuesdays and Thursdays is like my common hour between classes. That's like the only time like I right. actually have downtime. And actually last week I fell asleep like in the arcade of yeah, my university. Yeah, yeah. And my friend woke me up. He was like, it's two o'clock. It's time for your class. I'm like, oh, thanks. He's like, you're really tired, huh? I'm like, you have no idea. Yeah. yeah, so I, yeah. Cause I get like maybe like five hours of sleep on average yeah, and sometimes yeah. even eight hours. If I get eight hours, whew, I'm great. That's, yeah, that's but like good. today I almost missed class because I, I, I didn't want to get up. It's like yeah. you enjoy, you know, just like spending time out with your, your, with your friends and even your girlfriend or, or even working. Mm-hmm. And then you come home, it's like 20 and you're like, shit, I got class in six hours. Right. right? Yeah. So, um, and, and that's difficult as it is. Right. And just like how you said, like you got to really have a passion for things and, mm-hmm. um, and like it could be difficult when you, you you can fall off of your 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 I don't have to I don't have to say it but like yeah you, you have something great going on and you you just fail right you got to mm-hmm. learn how to fail yeah I didn't learn that until senior year of high school because junior year I actually broke my wrist I wasn't able to uh, to pole vault and uh, when my wrist was good enough just so everybody knows he didn't break his wrist pole vaulting no 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 yeah I, skateboarding. I, bro- I was skateboarding uh, down a hill <laughs> there's a pothole and I rolled down the rest of the hill <laughs> um, and um, yeah I, I really wanted to pole vault and you know I remember like it was yesterday yeah because I broke my wrist at school on the hill there mm. and uh, this, the school med- uh, the school sports nurse came and she was like wow that looks pretty bad and I was like I'm ready She's like, ready for what? I was like, you're going to set this back track seasons literally in two weeks. And she's like, no, that's broken. I was like, no, 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 no. You don't get it. <laughs> track season in two weeks. I got a pole vault. I'm like the only pole vaulter for the team. Yeah, yeah. I went to the, uh, I went to the hospital and they're setting my arm. And he was like, we're going to have to put metal pins in there. I'm like, don't. Because then I might not be able to pull vault. Because then it right. would be restriction of movement. Yeah, right? yeah. So I actually I dealt with a lot of pain. I yeah, kind of set my arm yeah, without yeah, pins. Yeah, yeah. There was like a lot of things going on. But during my senior year, when I was actually able to get the the mobility of my wrist and actually uh, and and actually like pull vault, my my biggest fear was, am I going to be able to clear? And I was right. jumping. I was jumping the height of twelve feet, but I was never able to clear because I wasn't able to get my body past the bar yeah, far enough. And couldn't push off. And yeah. couldn't push off, right? And I was just this frustrated, like you know, eighteen-year-old yeah, yeah. kid, like getting mad at myself, like what the what the hell is wrong with you? You used to be able to do this like it was nothing, and now you're you can't even clear ten feet without like struggling. Right. And yeah. uh, Banta actually pulled me aside, and I think that was like his most heartwarming like a time ever. He was like, "There's going to be times in your life when you're not going to be able to do the." things that you like doing because of the things that you do in your past that mess you up. And right. he was referring to the fact that, that I was skateboarding yeah, and, yeah. and I broke my wrist. And he is like, but the only thing you can do is is achieve to be better, right? Yeah. If you fail, you stand up, you keep going, right? right? And there's nothing else that you can do. If right. you sit here and you complain, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And that spoke to me. Yeah, no, I, I and look, I mean, that's that's huge. And through these things that we choose to do, and I think, you know, this being a pole vault podcast, people have chosen pole vault. We can learn so much that helps us down the road in life, whether we're pole vaulting or not, you know, and th- those are huge, huge life lessons, you know, like sometimes things happen and you have to learn to deal with it, make adjustments, pivot, move, change, you know, and I, and I think that's, that's huge. Um, 
I don't know, man. It's just it's so crazy. And listening to you talk about it and how passionate you are, you know, it's funny. Like, you know, your 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 PR is twelve. People would think the passion that you're talking, like you went to the Olympics. You know what I mean? And that's what I love about no, but that's what I love about this sport because it. And this is what I think. Also, people have to change their mindset. It doesn't matter what your PR is. Your personal experience in this sport can be amazing. You know, no matter what the height, whether you're jumping eight feet or 19 feet or whatever, you're going to have those steps along uh, your journey that bring you through those moments, whether it's like pure joy and elation of succeeding or dealing with frustrations of, of failure, whether it's due to injury or just not, not being up for the day or, or learning even like, oh my God, like I got to get a good night's sleep if I want to be prepared for a big day. You know what I mean? And whether that's a pole vaulting me or a job interview or a, a, a big project that you're working on at your job, um, you know, I think these are all things that you can learn and they happen regardless of what your PR is. You know, people get hung up on the PR, like, like almost like you're not worth something if you don't jump high enough, but it's like, we can, we can allow for people to have these amazing experiences in our sport, regardless of what the heights are. Yeah. And then, uh, I like how you, how, how you said that, you know, it's like, uh, I was talking about like I was going to the Olympics. I used to actually think in my head, I'm going to the Olympics. Right. right? Because right. I had, that's how much I love the sport. Right. right. And I was like, I'm going to the Olympics. Right. And I used to, I used to like take out the rule. I was like, this is a foot. That's nothing. Right. <laughs> and then I get onto the, uh, the pole. I'm like, this is a foot. That is a lot. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and it was just like, that that feeling of always even if it was six inches right it was a lot but it was yeah. something that like every time i hit like a new pr i was like all right next step six inches higher right yeah, and yeah. when i came to you it's like it wasn't even six inches higher anymore you had baby your steps right you're like yeah, three yeah. inches higher right, right. It's like it, like hit one goal that's gonna reach you get you to the next goal to yeah, build the, that confidence right so it's funny because i had a post i guess sometime last year and i was like stop thinking about pring by feet and start thinking about PRing by inches, you know? It's like, can I grip up maybe just another two inches? Could I maybe, like, can my step move at, move back a couple more inches, you know? Can my takeoff move back a l couple more inches? Can I wrap a little bit higher bungee? You know, because if you're improving, you know, like, uh, there's this theory of, like, 1%. So this one guy took over the cycling team in Britain a few years back, and he's like, listen, I'm not redesigning the workout program. I'm not, I don't want to throw everything out and start from brand new. Can we just make everything 1% better? So let's say if we were talking about diet, it's like, no, 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 no. If you eat burgers and fries, that's okay. Let's throw out half the fries off the plate. Of course. Yeah. And One, that, you're, that's easy. You're like, I could do that. No nothing. problem. That's of nothing. Course. And then two months later, before you know it, you're eating just steak and uh, uh, vegetables. You know what I mean? Because you slowly worked one percent better. You know, can we can we run one percent faster? Can we get one percent stronger? And if every day you're striving for that one percent, by the end of the year, you got incredibly better. You know, and you can even achieve that with bigger goals, right? So, like, let's say, like, even for me, I like how you like the whole food thing, right? I'm trying to lose twenty pounds, right? Yeah, I, I want to get as lean as possible, as 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 strong as possible, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's always that one percent better. It's like how could it like? And every day, you know, you lose like you know a third of a pound or like mm -hmm. an eighth of a pound. You can do all those things, right? Now, it's, and it's the same thing with pole vaulting, right? You might have not you you might have not gotten twelve six, but maybe you got twelve one. You got twelve right. two, right? And that right. should be that that ego booster that you need. That's going to help you, you know, achieve yeah. bigger goals, right? And 
I mean, I used to do that when I was running. I achieved a five-minute mile, and I used、mm. to have the gym teacher. I was like, "Can you please time me?" Yeah, He's like,、yeah. "What do you want?" I was like, "At the end of every lap, I want you to yell up my time." Yeah, yeah. And my whole point was is that every time, every day that I run, I want to beat. Even、that、if、time. by one second, that's、yeah. fine. So I went from a six minute, then five fifty nine, and then like five fifty, and then eventually it came down to a five minute mile, and I was like the happiest person on earth because yeah, yeah, yeah. like, hey, I'm one minute now away from being able to almost like be. I know, a, it'd be like, crazy, crazy.、Uh, yeah, crazy. four minute miles, like crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's not so many high schoolers that that achieve that. Well, it, and and you know, it's funny. Like we were talking about like lifting even before, you know, and I showed you the lifting board, and it's like. I feel like sometimes people don't even know what's possible. You know, like sure, maybe I'll never deadlift the world record. I think it's like twelve hundred pounds now by Eddie Hall, right? Like twelve hundred pounds would be crazy. But it's like, can I deadlift a hundred pounds? Can I deadlift two hundred pounds? Can I get to three hundred? You know, it's like it's finding out how far can you take your body, and it's interesting. Sometimes that stuff is fun because it's like kind of little miniature life tests. You know、exactly. what I mean? Because at the end of the day, right? Like you're not you're not going to go out onto your first job interview. They're not going to be like, listen, how much do you bench press? <laughs> you know, like they don't. They're not going to care. You know what I mean? But you putting yourself through that physical and mental struggle prepares you for other struggles in your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're like, listen, like I know how hard something can be. I can take it to the next level. I'm good. You know what I mean? And that mental struggle, like you every day having your gym teacher time you, and you go, okay, can I run a little bit faster today? Can I run a little bit faster today? It's like that's going to prepare you for when you have a job and you have like a, a tough project you're working on. It's like you know what? Can I make this program a little bit better? It's got a, a couple bugs. Can I fix these bugs? Yes, I'm going to take it one one thing at a time. Let, let me let me keep hacking away at this and getting it better. The other thing that I love, and I, I have to say this because. I coach so many high school and college athletes. You talking about your schedule and how hard you're working. When you get your first job, you're gonna actually think life is easier. Oh, of course, one hundred percent. Right. You're gonna be like, I don't think I'm doing enough. Like, is this okay?、Right. Like, who's? I feel like the cops are gonna come in and be like, we gotta arrest you. Your life's too easy. You know, that's how you're gonna feel, right? But I, I tell this to people all the time. I was talking last night with a group of、uh, seniors who are gonna go to college next year, and I said, guys, you gotta be very careful. College does a terrible job of preparing you for real life because you know how it is. If you set your schedule enough, like sure, you might have a day where you have six hours of class, but most days like three hours of class. And then if you set your schedule right, you might have like one or two days off during the week besides Saturday and Sunday, right? Like you might do class Monday,、uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays off, so you have three day weekend. So it's like if you set your schedule like that, it's like you have so much downtime as a college student. And especially if you don't have a job, oh my god! And, and you're not in a sport. You're literally just just going to class a couple hours a day, and, and then it's sleeping like in your bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 then it's like you know, once you get a job, you're gonna be like, wait, I gotta be here every day. That's、I gotta wake up early every day. I got wait. They want me wait. They don't want me to just show up and be a zombie. I gotta be able to be active. Like my so you spoke about how hard your father was on you. So you know, again, I worked really hard in school, you know,、um, and kind of, you know, it's funny. I I didn't care about my grades so much. I was just more passionate about learning. You know what I mean? I would go to class. I would take notes. I would really be interested in the subject matter, unless it was like really, really bad. <laughs>、uh, part, you know? and, and I knew my parents wanted me to have good grades, so I, I would work hard. But when I worked construction with my dad, he would take me in construction. I always felt like that was like a day off. 
Like, yeah, I'm working, but it's physical. Like, it's not a big deal. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if, like, I had to go to work the next day with my dad, I would stay up late sometimes hanging out with friends. Dude, my dad would be pissed. He's like, he'd look at me at 6 o'clock in the morning and be like, are you serious? We got to work today. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be good. Yeah, you have to be up at 5 a.m. But, but, right. And so it's like, we would go to work and I would get the job done. But he was always like, ah, but you, you know, you could have been better today. You could have been a sharper worker. And it's like, dude, if you don't think that matters, I don't care if you're an accountant, a doctor, a lawyer, uh, you work in business of some sort. People want you to be sharp. If you, if you schlep into work and you look exhausted, they're going to be like, yo, like what, what's going on? Like I, we're not paying you to be like uh C level. I need your A plus every exactly. day. Yeah. And you know, when, when, when I was in high school and I was telling you earlier, I, I'm a workaholic, right? right? I've been working since I was 17. I've yeah. worked, I've, I've worked construction. I've worked with a DJ. I've worked with, uh, with florists. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've paved. I, I've sometimes just worked because I, I was bored. I mean, last winter, uh, when we had those really bad snowstorms. Yeah. Yeah. I like everybody else would be like doing their own driveway, but like for the people that didn't do their cars, I'd I'd be cleaning people's cars. I didn't yeah. ask for money. I didn't knock on anyone's doors. I just went down the street. I found a car that was covered in snow. Clean it. Yeah, clean it. I cleaned thirty cars that day, and one dude actually noticed me, and he's like, "Are you cleaning all these cars?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "You're not asking for money." I was like, "No." He literally just handed me two hundred dollars. Right? Wow. And I was like, I don't Wait. need this. And he was like, no, just take it. I, I know. So let, let me, let me, first of all, what I love about that story, you had zero expectation. You just did it because you did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what I love is like, like kind of the universe rewarded you. I guess. You know, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and I'm not, listen, I, I think, I think it's very important. You should do things without expectation. Like obviously I run a business. People pay to like, be a part of my club and they, they jump course. here, but I, I go above and beyond. I don't know how you feel, but like, I always try to put extra effort forward. Like you talked about that story. It's like, you were going through Ramadan. I'm like, bro, like you, we don't have to jump now. Like if you want to wait, like we'll extend the sessions, like whatever. Like I want to do right by all my clients, but I go above and beyond. Like one of the moms recently, she's like, I can't believe you go to all these track meets and you don't even take money. I'm like, well, everybody's training hard. They deserve the best opportunity to PR. Like, I'm going to go to as many meets as I can. Like, obviously, I can't. If there's, like, three meets on the same day, I can't be at every meet. But I try to even get coverage. You know, I'll send other coaches now because I'm lucky enough to have people that coach with me. Do you pay to have these kids go to those meets? What do you mean? Like, 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 I'm not sure. Do you, do people are, are, are people? So allowed? the high school kids, they go with their high schools. Of course. But I go to those meets to coach them because a lot of the high schools don't have polls. They Correct. don't have a coach. So I'll just go to the meet anyway. So I don't pay for the meet. But I, I go. So like like uh, tomorrow and Saturday, I go to Tom's River for state uh, groups. The state group meets are there. Um, now for like adult athletes, they pay their own entry. Okay. It's usually like 25 bucks. It's not yeah, it's like not crazy. But like still, like I'll drive out. I'll go bring the poles, like whatever. I coach them up. Because to me, it's like I'm training you. What am I training you for? I'm training you for competition. I got to be there. You of know course. what I mean? And you want to see your, your, your own students succeed. Right, right, right. And so it's like I go above and beyond. But because I always go above and beyond, I can't tell you how generous people are with me. You know, whether it's just listening to me vent, <laughs> you know, if I'm angry or upset over something or whether they've truly done amazing things. I've had people gift me things that I'm like, I can't, like, I can't accept this gift. And they're like, no, 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 this means a lot for what you, what you do for us, please take this. And so I'm so grateful. And I think in life, if you go around doing the right thing, you know what I mean? If you just do the right thing, good will come back to you. Of course. You know what I mean? I, I had, um, I listened to this one guy, Dave Tate, right? 
Um, he's an entrepreneur. He was a power lifter and he owns a, a business where they make strength and conditioning equipment. Mm-hmm. And, um, if you ever have to go or something, no, just no, no, let no. me know. I was just putting my time. phone yeah, up yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Dave Tate owns this, uh, strength and conditioning equipment company. They make squat racks and barbells and all that kind of stuff. And, um, he said, listen, he goes, I get emails all the time. People bitching at me going, Oh, this guy didn't pay $25 for his training session. You know, like, ah, like they're stealing money from me. He goes, bro, don't complain to me. He goes, I've sat down for three hours designing someone's gym. And then they go spend a hundred thousand dollars with another company to install different equipment, not my equipment for free. I helped advise them. And, and, and I was saying last night to somebody, I go, man, when I hear coaches complain to me sometimes, about, oh my God, like, you know, th- uh, this person, uh, you know, they, they, they stepped on my pole and I bought that pole. That's my pole. Dude, that's one pole. It's $600 maybe. I remember when we were in Oakland, that facility that we're in, it was a multi-sport facility. So it wasn't just my building. I was in that with a lot of other businesses, a lot of other people. The mats are like $25,000. I walk in someday and there'll be garbage on the mats. You know what I mean? There'd be kids jumping around on my equipment. And there's really nothing I could do about it because that's the way the building was. You know what I mean? I'll clean it up, take care of it, get ready for practice, and that's a wrap. And and then I can't tell you how many times I've given free advice. It's just that's what you do. And Dave Tay explained it perfectly. He goes, he goes, you think favors are like this. You throw the medicine ball against the wall, it bounces right back at you. He goes, no. He goes, doing the right thing is more like throwing a medicine ball over a wall. And that medicine ball never comes back. But maybe 10 other medicine balls, different ones come to you. Like, think about it. You clean 30 cars. Who knows? That guy that gave you 200 bucks, you maybe didn't even clean off his car. Exactly. His car might have been in the garage. And he's just like, yo, you know what? This is a good kid. Let me give him 200 bucks. All those people that got their car cleaned, they didn't give you the $200. No. And I can't tell you how many people I've helped. They always maybe weren't even capable of giving me help. You know what I mean? But somebody else helped me. And so like, I always think doing the right thing is always the right thing. Always put your best foot forward. Always go that extra mile. And you know what? It'll come back somehow. You know, I, to be honest, when you DM me the other day, I was like, man, I couldn't help but like just be super happy because I'm like that. I left enough of an impression on you that you're like, I got to hit this guy up. You know what I mean? Of course. And then when I asked for you to do the podcast, to be honest, I didn't know what to expect. This is, first of all, one of my favorite episodes already. But, like, I didn't know. I was like, man, what if he doesn't know what to say? What if he doesn't have much (laughs) to talk about? Like, that's possible. I've had people on the podcast where it's like, you start talking and you're like, all right, this is going to be a wrap in, like, ten minutes. But, like, this has been awesome. But it's like, I just, I'm so happy that I left enough of an impression that you have all these ideas, you know, and I'm grateful for it. But I didn't know that going into it. Like training you, I didn't know that one day we would do a podcast. Of course and so not. I think you always got to try to do the right thing, you know? And, you know, I didn't even expect you to invite me to the podcast. And, like, I'm telling my girlfriend, like, yo, <laughs> I'm going to be in a podcast, <laughs> dude. And she's like, cool. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, babe, podcast. I just got – I've been invited to be interviewed. So I'm, like, I'm guessing myself up because I, lo- I, I, yeah, I love this, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, but, like, no, pole vaulting has been such a – big part of my life Mm -hmm. and uh, I can't even explain how wonderful it was like I was telling you before it's like when I'm falling 
I'm in a whole different space. Yeah, I have butterflies yeah. literally like all over me. It's like it's electric. Yeah, it's just a, it's a different experience. Yeah, and you, there's no way you can replicate that. In, yeah, like, in in any area, and I guess I was able to do it like 15, 20 times a day for five days a week. At, at my high school, yeah, you know? yeah, and I can't tell you how disappointed I am that my college doesn't even offer attracting. I know, I know. So many colleges don't have it. You know, I mean that. That's why actually, with a lot of the the local colleges, they actually come train here. Yeah. So it's it's a really great opportunity, you know. Um, and because, they fund stupid for. Oh, I'm not gonna say stupid, but they fund the sports for like football. And honestly, yeah. our football team really, really sucks. Right. Yeah. I'm just gonna put it out there. William Patterson's football team really sucks. <laughs> well, yeah, but so let me explain this, you know. And and we were talking about this a little bit before, but I think track needs to do a better job, and for me specifically, pole vault needs to do a better job of putting itself out there, promoting itself. Because I think we do have a great sport, but not enough people know about it, right? Like if someone who's like, you know what, what should I do in high school? I'm a freshman in high school. What sport should I try? If they listen to this podcast, there's no way they're trying anything other than pole vault. They're like, this is it. Exactly. It's, it's a wrap. Everyone you know relates I mean? to everyone like, here. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think it's definitely amazing, but we have to do a better job of promotion because the reason football is so big on campus is like, you know, I, I get upset. I'll see like on Twitter or something like that. Some college coach will be like, oh my God, what's going to happen to college track now that the rules in college are changing? And it's like, here's the thing. You're mad about the football team, but the football team fills the stadium with people. People pay for tickets. Like, especially, I, I don't know about William Patterson, but I, like if you think about big colleges, I was watching a 30 for 30 where the athletic director at Michigan, 1983, said that every home game Michigan had, the ticket sales were $7 million. That's crazy. And that right. pays for the school. That pays for the whole athletic department. That play, that pay, that pays not just for football. That pays for the track team. That pays for this team, that team. And so the thing is, like, as uh, independent sports, right, we have to do a better job of promotion. Like, why are their kids not tailgating for the track meet? Why are their kids not coming and, and showing support? Because track people kind of got so involved in themselves that they're not doing it the right way. Like I told you, I went to a professional track meet uh, one time at Icon Stadium. And sure, okay, the weather wasn't the best. And I didn't even care how high people jumped. It's just I'm watching the professional pole vaulters. And I was like, bro, you don't, you don't look like you want to be there. I paid money to watch a show. And I'm watching people that look like, ah, you know, like they don't want to be there. And it's like. You gotta wanna be there, man. You gotta put on a show. Like, we need to show people how amazing this is. You know, uh, the last two summers, what I love is like, I've had, uh, the Northeast Povo Club Championships at, at, right here. We run both pits. We've had a hundred competitors. I have a DJ. I hand out championship belts to the winners. The open men's and women's winners, I give them prize money. What we do is it's tied into the spectator fees. So the spectator cost is $10. The more spectators we have, the more money that those open people have. So like last year, I think it was $480. That's you know great. what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's not bad. And it's like, these aren't like professional pole vaulters. Like, I mean, our best female jump so far was 14 feet by Kat Pittman. She's amazing. Right. And then, um, I, I don't know if we hit 17 feet yet. I think it might be 17. I think, no, 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 but I'm saying at the competition, I think, oh. I think one guy jumped 17 so far. So it's like, they're good jumps. It's exciting, but there's a DJ. We have an announcer. There's a food truck in, in the parking lot. Like it's a blast. Like we got to do more things like that. And that's like something fun that you can watch. And the announcer is huge. You don't have an announcer. You can't follow it. No, you can't exactly. follow it. Could you imagine UFC without Joe Rogan? <laughs> 
Not possible. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I think I've told ever like a hundred people like, oh yeah, in high school I used to pole vault. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty cool. Like how, how high did you jump? Uh, 12 feet. Oh my God, you jumped 12 feet from the ground? How is yeah. that even possible? And they're thinking of high jump. Right, right, right. And I show them the picture of someone pole vaulting and they're like, oh, oh pole yeah. vaulting. It was right. like, that's a cool sport. Yeah. Like, cool. You didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's, it's amazing. So I, I feel like you get one of two things. Like, even like, like, okay, so my best jump ever is 14. If I say, tell someone 14, they're like, wow, that's pretty good. Like, what's the world record? I'll be like, oh, 21. now it's 20 feet, uh, th- three and a quarter inches. And they're like, oh, that's pretty close. Some people are like, oh, that's pretty close. Like, no, nah, that's not really close, but okay. At, or you get the opposite, like 14 feet. Oh, that's not that high, you know. So I feel like you get both extremes from people that don't know the sport. But yeah, you're right. Like anytime someone sees video of it, they're like, "Whoa!" Right? They're amazed. I can't tell you when people come in here for the first time that there's someone even wrapping just a 15 foot bungee. They're like, and oh my kid- god! Yeah, they're like, "What the hell?" Like, because no one really thinks amazing. about how high 15 feet is. Yeah. 15 feet is actually pretty high. Right? Yeah, and yeah. You, like, and it's like stacking up three people on top of each other. Right. And they don't right. realize how tall that is. And uh, yeah. as I was telling you before, it's like I used to take out a ruler and be like, one foot. That's not a lot. Yeah. And then when I get onto the pole, like one foot, damn, that is a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's perception. Yeah. Right? And it's just that, look, it's such a fantastic event. Like, you know, when you, you hit a good takeoff and you swing up and you get upset, it's like, there's no other feeling like that. Yeah. There's no other feeling. Especially for like some of these, like, like you, cause you, you sometimes wrap the bungees pretty high, right? Mm-hmm. You have multiple bungees, right? Even if I wasn't able to clear, let's say 17 feet, but my legs wrapped around it. I was yeah. the happiest person. Right, it's right. Like, wow, that, I'm that much closer because yesterday I didn't get to wrap my feet around it. Right. Uh, and and so just, there's like the little ways to get better, get better, get better. And yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, I think uh, since your generation of people at Apex and we moved to Fairfield location, now with the weightlifting equipment, I mean, like people see like, like, oh, okay, my deadlift got a little bit better. My runway got a little bit better. I'm on bigger poles. Okay, I'm on PR soon. You know, it's like they start to connect everything, the physical training, the technical training, and then even a lot of times, like, you know, and again, I, I hate to talk about the mental side sometimes because I think people go there too early. But even when we talk about the mental side, like believing yourself, knowing that you can do it, you know, not putting pressure on yourself. Like one of my favorite stories this year uh, about sports is um, the backup quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, Josh McCown. Mm-hmm. He's like 41, 42 years old. He was going to retire, whatever. He's the backup. The starting quarterback gets hurt. He goes into the game with a torn hamstring. He ends up almost winning the game for the Eagles. It was like one of the best games he's ever played as a professional. Yet when he was a young guy and he was a first-round draft pick, everybody was pegging him to be like one of the best ever. He struggled because he put too much pressure on himself. And so learning to deal with pressure is an interesting thing too. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you've been there even even though, you know, you jumped 12, you didn't jump 18. I mean, but it's like you've been there. You've been to a county meet and, you know, okay, there's a lot on the line and, you know. There's still a lot of yeah. pressure, especially yeah. when, you ha- when it's your turn and you have the pole in your hand. And you're like, all right, it's, t- it's time to saddle up, right? Yeah. There, yeah, there yeah, is yeah. a lot of pressure because there, there's a lot to pole vault that people don't realize. You're not just jumping with a pole. Right, right. right. You're, you're, you're running. Your timing, your stepping. You, yeah. you have to hit the pit perfectly, right? right? If you hit it too soon, you're not jumping. If you yeah. hit it too late, you might jump, but you're not gonna get it's, up there. Right? It's, it's not either, gonna, not gonna be the highest jump. And 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 I like that you said, you know, once you're on the runway, that's it. It's on you because that's why I always compare sometimes pole vaulting to like fighting sports. You know, it's like essentially it's like every attempt is you going in for another round 
And now you go back to your corner, your coach. Okay. What adjustments, <laughs> you know, now go out there and do it again. Let's see if you fixed it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And people don't realize that there's so, so much similarity there because you're essentially a prize fighter. You're, you're going out there on the runway. You're trying to get that next bar and it's like, okay, this is your next opportunity for that perfect jump. Did you nail it? Yes. Awesome. Let's keep going. No. Okay. What adjustment can we make to keep the ball rolling? You know, and every little bit it, like changes. I used to be really paranoid about my grip tape mm-hmm. because like everything was color coordinated. I had two different colors. Yeah, on my yeah, yeah. Every grip, hand grip mm-hmm. was one tape. Okay. So one, two, right. Two so colors, that you three, would know where to right? grip. Yeah. Exactly. That way, like, okay, I was, I was on a red tape. It's the fifth red tape. Right. right. I'm right. on the white tape. Tape is the sixth white tape, right? Yeah. And then your ste- the steps. I mean, like I was uh, even uh, before you know, before we're, uh, working with you, yeah. I wasn't that paranoid. I I did my five steps and I was done. Right. You had everything numbered. Right. right. So yeah, you're yeah. like, okay, step at five and uh, like fifteen and a half feet and and run from there. Yeah, right? yeah. And do a half grip up. I'm like, okay, everything is so precise. It's literally a science. Yeah. And yeah. I, the thing that I liked about you is that you're highly observant with everybody's jumps. Right. Where are you holding? Why are you holding it like that? You know, are you practicing your drop off? Are you, are you hitting the pit? If you're not hitting the pit, if you're hitting the pit too early, step forward. If you're hitting the pit too late, step back. You know, you, you pretty much put the science in the entire, in in the entire game for me. And for me, like when I used to go, when when I used to do this on my own, after like I was Mm. done with your sessions and I was doing the pole vault on my own, right? I'd recognize that, you know, I hit the pit too late, you know? Right. And you I would start to become more the... aware and try to manage those things. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, it, like you said, it's all about, you know, how you're moving. Am I, am I moving my, my hips the right way? Am I driving my knee up? All those things. Everything has to be perfectly timed. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to have your best jump. Yeah. And it was not just the experience of becoming better here is understanding the actual sport of pole vault yeah. because before I wasn't jumping that great. I was just jumping. So, right. And I, and I was lucky, you know, yeah, and, 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 yeah. and then with you, it's like, this is how you actually do this. It unveils like a whole different world. I, I, I think any pole vaulting club out there tries to do that for, for their athletes. You know, I think, I think good coaches, good systems, you are, unveiling a whole new world of pole vault because now it's it's not just run down and jump you know what i mean it's like any anything else like you mentioned skateboarding getting hurt in skateboarding it's like if you don't know what you're doing with skateboarding yeah you're just skateboarding but like exactly. now if you actually have instruction and someone teaches you you know what the tricks are how to try to set them up and that's what we're doing as pole vault coaches we're trying to uh take out some of the darkness of the sport and and make you aware of, okay, what are the pieces that we have to put together so that you can get that enjoyable experience of a, a really, really good jump, you know? Right. Um, I mean, I think, I, I think we should wrap this up cause of I know course. I got to get ready for session soon. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we go? No, I mean, for the most part, if you guys are in the area and you guys have never even experienced apex vaulting, definitely take a few sessions at the very least. It will change your life. <laughs> Thank you, man. That, that, that means a lot. Um, for everybody out there, thank you for listening. Uh, please subscribe to our, uh, to our podcast. Uh, our YouTube channel is also Apex Vaulting and on Instagram, we're the real Apex Vaulting. Uh, thanks for, thanks for listening, everyone.